On today's show, I'm going to be talking with T. Sadir, and he's got a new, and I would say quite powerful, single that he just released. It's called Freedom. It really speaks to our current times here in America. So let's just plunge in, and welcome to the show, T. Sadir. Hey, how's it going? You know, I was just listening to this single before you called in, and wow, it packs a punch. It's talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, what's going on in this mm-hmm. country. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I want to cover several things today, but first I just want to okay. say, you know, what inspired such a powerful song? Man, I I mean, aside from everything that's going on, I just wasn't hearing a lot of music, you know, ex, you know, talking about the things that are going on in the world right now. And um, initially that track was something completely different but then you know as more things started happening i was like okay i have to do my part and say something i have to get this frustration out artistically or some kind of way and the song just kind of came together um my friend t-rex uh terrell t-rex simon decided to get on it with me and we sat down and, and just put it together and and there you have it man what's been the response so far you know, the response has actually been really great. Um, we just got finished shooting the video, and I've screened it with a couple of people, and everyone is saying, you know, that the, the video is even more powerful than the song. Um, but when people hear the song, they, much to my surprise, you know, they're really blown away because their whole thing is, yo, you, you really captured everything. That is, you talked about everything. You left no stone unturned. So it's been a pretty good response. Now, when does the music video come out? I am looking at September 10th as the release date. What I want to do, yeah, what I'm looking at doing is having like a Zoom premiere. So, you know, if you're following me on social media at Partisadir, Twitter, Instagram and such, you'll see the invite. So make sure you jump on that. Oh, cool. That's just a little over a week away. So I'm sure your fans are... Very much looking forward to that. And uh, just yeah. to give a little sneak preview, you know, what can we expect from the video? You know, the video, um, well, we shot it here in New York City um, at a couple, I'll say, secret locations. I don't want to, you know, tell all my my, my secrets. Um, but right, got to have a few surprises. Absolutely. You're going to see some, you know, some images of, you know, things that we've, you know, already seen um, on the news and such, and also just some things that remind us that, hey, you know, we're still very much dealing with these situations. It's not something to be taken lightly or to be slept on. You have to stay very much aware as to what's going on. So the video is really, you know, a reminder of everything that is going on, you know, again, to just let us know, hey, stay alert, stay aware. You know, we see so many images in the news, you know, the past six months, past year Mm -hmm. even, um, Mm -hmm. with protests and Mm -hmm. interviews. But what Mm -hmm. is special about rap and hip-hop music as a direct way to communicate either frustrations or just to get to the core of what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement? You know, with me, I really can't, um, I can't speak for, you know, other artists and such, but just for me, for the way that I do things, um, music has always been an outlet. It's always been a thing for me to be able to sit down and take whatever I'm dealing with, whether it's everything that we're going through now or whatever the situation may be, and just put it in writing, put it to music, because 
it music is such a universal language. It's it's something that everybody can relate to, and even some of the things that it, it's amazing because you you would think that other people can't relate, but then someone will come back and say, "Oh my God, I heard your song, All I Really Want," or "I heard your song, Freedom," or whatever the case may be, and they say, "Oh my God, I relate so closely to it." So. You know, for me personally, it's just a thing of being relatable. Um, I feel like hip-hop is just such a strong, impactful, in-your-face way of getting the message out. So that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Well, your performance is just very bold, and it seems like you had a lot Thank of, you. yeah, just a lot of personal um, investment in this song. So how much mm-hmm. do you think you've had bottled up over the years. I mean, do you think this year especially you feel that, you know, there's an audience out there and now's the time Mm -hmm. to express yourself in a way you haven't really expressed yourself Mm -hmm. before? Right, completely. Um, Well, I personally have had a couple of run-ins with the police, both in my teenage years as well as as well as in my adult life. I've been, you know, stopped for no reason due to the whole stop and frisk thing that we have here, well, had here in New York City, um, which, you know, when you're in that situation and you don't know if you're going to wind up going to jail for no reason or injured for no reason, you know, and with everything that's going on now, um, just the, the, the seeming outpouring of everything that's going on, it really brought back that, I guess, trauma, if you will, for me that really made me relive the things that I went through but never said anything about. So freedom is kind of, if you listen to the way that I'm doing the song, you can you can kind of tell that it's, it's personal on a whole other level, not just something that I'm seeing in the news, but also it's something that I personally witnessed or personally, that I personally have been through. So there's that. Well, with those experiences... Besides the frustration, do you actually have an element of hope right now? I do. I, I, it, I do, but it's it's hard to hold on to that hope when you see things being repeated. It's you're constantly seeing the cop killings. You're constantly seeing the racism. You're con- I mean, you're you're constantly seeing the same thing over and over and over. But you know, I'm a, I'm a hopeful person. I'm a man of faith. I I just don't believe in giving up and letting go and and letting hope die. I'm always going to have hope that things will get better and and turn around. But you know, when you are living in the moment of things being the way that they are right now, it's, it's kind of hard to hold on to that. But, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I'm always going to have hope for the better. Mm-hmm. Now, I was looking at your website, and you have a really interesting output. Um, so I, I mm-hmm. encourage people to go there. But tell me a little bit about your career that's led up to freedom. Wow, man. So so far I've done a slew of opening gigs for different people. Um, I'm a voiceover artist, a photographer. I'm, I'm multifaceted. It's not just the hip hop thing. Um, so with the voiceover work, I've done tons of, you know, commercial spots and PSA spots. And, um, I've done photography for, I don't know how many different people, um, voice, I mean, not voiceover acting, I'm sorry. Um, videography work for different artists. So it's a multitude of things that kind of tie into the music. All of it goes hand in hand. So, but music is always going to be my primary love. 
Well, that's the thing I find with most rappers that I talk to is they're very entrepreneurial, whether it's starting mm-hmm. their own record label or, like you said, shooting mm-hmm. video for other artists and, mm-hmm. you know, just yep. collaborating. You guys really set the mm-hmm. bar high for collaboration. Yep. You know, you're working with uh, Terrell, T-Rex, Simon now. So how mm-hmm. important is yep. that to you, you know, to support other um, artists who are coming up? I feel like it's very important because I want – I, I'm the type of person I give what I want. You know, if I if I want to receive love and if I want to, you know, just receive things back, I put those things out into the universe. Um, if I come across an opportunity or something that I think will work with another artist or work for another artist better than myself, I have no problem with passing the opportunity along or including them in the opportunity. And that's really how T-Rex wound up on the record. Me and him, we actually have been – trying to collaborate on something forever. He He's a really, really great friend of like, gosh, 10, 15 years now, we were kids. So, oh, wow. you know, to finally to finally get him on a record, and he's, he's toured and staying background with some of the greats like Jennings, David Hollister, some of everybody. So to have someone like him on my record is a complete honor. So, yeah, it's very important for me to include others and collaborate. And two heads are always better than one. You think that you have something hot, but then someone else can add something else that makes it even hotter. So that's Mm -hmm. how I wrote that. Now, you're in New York now. Um, So are you from New York originally? Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, really? So what brought you to New York originally? Chasing the dream, man. Um, I've, I've spent a lot of my adult life back and forth, even in my late teens, coming back and forth to New York. So, you know, in a way, I kind of claim both. But when people ask me where home, home is always going to be where my mom is. And she's in Norfolk, Virginia right now. So that's, <laughs> that's where home is. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, in New York, it just it became a thing where so much stuff was starting to happen for me here that I would – find myself, I've actually found myself in a couple of positions where I'm on the way back to Virginia and I'll get a call for something. Hey, Tito, can you come and do such and such? But I'm already on the way back to Virginia. So I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and just make New York home so that I'm in the center of everything that's going on so I can jump up and move at a moment's notice if I need to. So that's what brought me back here. So how long do you have to be in New York until, like, the native New Yorkers kind of accept you? Do they think, uh... You know, we see so many people coming in and out of this, you know, town. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what? For me, it was um, it was like an easy transition because I, I I don't recall ever not being accepted because, like I said, I came back and forth here so much that New York was always like home number two. I'm I'm very, I've always been very much at home here, so it was never a thing of you know having to you know be accepted or whatever. Um, but I have seen <laughs> I have seen some other people in that position to where it's like, okay, yeah, where did you come from and why are you here? You know, but you know, it's cool. New Yorkers aren't we're, we're not as um, hard on I guess outsiders as people would think. So it's all good. It's all love. Because a lot of times people they just arrive in the city, you know, suitcase in hand. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, here I am. Mm-hmm. I want to be famous immediately. Right. But you know what? That was that was kind of me, because when I moved here, um, I'll never forget, dude, I, I didn't really have the chance to pack up the way that I wanted to. So I showed up with like clothes and a garbage bag. And I literally that day stepped off the bus and had to go straight to a photo shoot like nine o'clock in the morning. So 
you know, for lack wow. of better phrasing, I hit the I hit the ground running. So when I got here to New York, I was, I, you know, I had things lined up. I was busy, busy, straight off the bus. So, and it's been go, go, go ever since. I don't know if other people have had that experience, but that was just me. So, you know, I'm I'm not a sitting duck. I'm I'm always busy. So you you came to town with a plan. Oh yeah, I didn't come to play. Yeah. That's probably what sets you apart from others who've got a dream but no plan. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, it's I mean, you can't you can't come to a place like New York City and not have some kind of plan laid out. And even in that, you can plan all day long, but here in New York City, stuff goes topsy turvy all the time. So whatever you plan can get can get completely derailed. Like when I came here, I didn't come here. I came here strictly to do the music thing and to be a hip hop artist. I wound up getting into stage management, photography, videography, voiceover work, and like I said, all these things go hand in hand. And in some instances, those things have opened the doors for other things that I want to do. So it's mm-hmm. it's all good, you know, but you can't really rely on one set plan all the time. Well, as big of a town as New York is, in some ways it's a small town too, especially when you start working mm-hmm. in the fields. You mentioned photography, videography. Right. So I'm wondering, right. how did that help you? Like early on, if you were, you know, doing photo shoots and things, did you suddenly come across people and go, oh my goodness, I've been wanting to meet that person? Or, you know, instead of having to, you know, Go through Mm -hmm. their secretary. Are you just like out there networking and meeting people? Absolutely. It helped a lot. And to to speak to what you just said, this town is big and very small at the same time because it's one of those things where you never know who knows who. Like for every person that you know, that person knows three or four other people that that know you. And um, I can think specifically – but uh, well, I call her a friend now, friend, associate, whatever, however you want to label it. But the singer Faith Evans, me and her are really cool now, and it's really funny to me because I've been such a huge fan of hers for so long. But um, I wound up on a whim having to stage manage a show that she did at SOBs a couple years ago, and she remembered me from years ago when I did something else at another show. And that kind of thing to me was just like, wow, you know, there, there are some really real people out there that, that legit remember you and, and, and love you. And to this day, it's like, you know, she knows who I am by name. I know her, of course. And we talk semi-regularly. She supports my music. She's promoted a couple things. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things. You just never know what can happen here. Well, Faith Evans, that's big time. So when yeah. you, you know, meet someone like that and, you know, you let th- something evolve, at what point do you think, okay, I've established myself enough. I've got something to offer. When do you uh, turn to Faith Evans and say, you know what, I'd like you to guest on my next record? You know something, I w- that would be such a dream come true for me. Um, I'm I'm honestly not even sure when I would be at that level to where I could go to her like that. But at the same time, I'm really on this shoot your shot kind of thing. You know, what what you see in yourself may not be what other people see and vice versa. You may think, oh, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not quite there yet. But someone else is looking at you like, man, what? You you know this person, you know that person, you've done this, you've done that. You are just as great as so-and-so. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. Um, I don't know 
where my greatness, if you will, will lead me. <laughs> but I'm hoping mm-hmm. that, you know, it'll get me to the point to where I'm working with all the greats that I grew up listening to and that I, you know, love so much. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully well, that the Dear Faith Evans collab will happen soon. I could picture it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was looking on your Facebook page, and I always mm-hmm. love it when artists list their influences. And for you, it was everyone from, like, Pharrell Williams to mm-hmm. uh, Mary Blige, uh, yes. Quincy Jones. So I yes. kind of like that because I always like to hear the unexpected. Um, yes. So, you know, you've got some in the rap and hip-hop world, but, you know, someone like Quincy Jones – you know, from the mm-hmm. jazz, pop, R&B. How important mm-hmm. is it for you to be influenced by multiple genres of music? Very important because I don't want to be stuck in one lane. I want to be this artist where every that everyone rocks out to. You know, I, I want the people who love Led Zeppelin and Bon Jovi and, and Whitesnake to love the new Tista Deer song. I want to work with those people. Just, just like back in the day when Run DMC, they walked this way with Aerosmith. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That, that, that to me was just, I think as a kid, that song was one of the songs that really set the tone for the things that, that I want to do. Like, okay, this hip-hop group from Queens got together with a rock group and remade one of their songs and killed it. I would love to do something like that. Oh, my God. If there was a way that I could infuse hip-hop with, with Bon Jovi's Living Like a Prayer and do a track, oh, my God. <laughs> so wow. to answer your question, it's, it's super important because, you know, that, that kind of influence helps me to broaden my audience. It helps me to keep my mind open to, you know, what other people are listening to and what other people are into. It can't just be what, for me personally, it's not just hip-hop all the time. That's not what I listen to all the time. I listen to some of everything from, you know, country on down. So, you know. Well, isn't it interesting how country has been so open to collaborating with other genres the past year mm-hmm. or two? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think with uh, the 80s rock, I mean, who doesn't love 80s rock? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Duran Duran. Oh, my God. Hall and Oates. Well, I wouldn't really necessarily call them rock, but still, you get it, the whole 80s rock. And, th- and, th- and this is stuff that was hot when I was like a kid kid, like five and six years old coming up. So it's like, it's like mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, just you're taking me all the way back right now. I think I'm going to like go into my Apple Music in a little bit and um, dig up some old 80s rock now because you mentioned that. Well, you know, um, who was it? White Snake? I remember seeing someone on The Voice a few years back they did a white snake song so. and suddenly that came alive again and people remembering white snake yep. and it's so funny yep. how this is just always bubbling below the surface all, all this great music from the 80s 90s you know all decades but i think mm-hmm. it's important don't you think it's important to both honor those yet create your own mark on the world with your unique sound I think if there is a way, well, not if there's a way, because I think there's always a, if there's a world, there's a way to bring the two together, because I really believe that people can, you can honor those that came before you without completely biting their work or copying their work. Um, But I don't see anything wrong with taking something that 
is familiar to older generations and revamping it for newer generations, but still leaving that familiarity to older generations. To, you know, so that, you know, when I guess an older person is listening to your song, it's like, oh, my God, um, that horn in freedom came from such and such. You know, there's no samples in freedom, but I'm just using that as an example. Oh, I remember that mm-hmm. song from such and such back in the day, you know. So it, it, it's, it's a way of, you know, bridging the gap between older and newer generations also. So I'm, I'm all mm-hmm. for it. Well, look what Bruno Mars did with Uptown Funk and just all the kind of Absolutely. classic references where you, you get a hint mm-hmm. of it, but it still is its own yep. song, but it gives you just enough Absolutely. little sweetening with, you know, the stuff you love Absolutely. from the classics. Yep. So Absolutely. I'm curious, um, Virginia, what, what's going on mm-hmm. in the music scene in Virginia nowadays? Um... Honestly, I don't know. I um, Virginia is uh, it's it's not a hotbed for music. It's not it's not the place that you go to when you want to do music. I mean, there's a lot of talented people. There are so many talented people in Virginia, specifically the area that I that I'm from, this, what we call the seven five seven, the seven cities. Um, it's so many talented people, but it's just not that place to be if you're really trying to pursue something. You have to get out of there and travel and, and go other places and then, you know, maybe come back and come back to Virginia and bring some other people up. But, that I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I just went ahead and left, and I really don't plan to go back anytime soon. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what it was for me. I just I had to get out. <laughs> so. Sure. Well, a lot of times, you know, when people want to strike out and make it big, you have to leave your hometown. Absolutely. And maybe that's a good thing, because if if you don't have enough fresh influences, mm-hmm. it's easy to get kind of stale, don't you think? Absolutely. And another thing is if you don't branch out, you can easily just become... I guess a local celebrity, for lack of better terms, um, where only the people you know in your in that general area know who you are. You and especially nowadays with the the way that the internet and the way that the the industry has changed as far as marketing and promotions and such, you have to really get out there and and just spread your wings and fly, so to speak. You can't stay put in one place. You have to keep moving and shaking. So. Yeah, I I don't think that staying in one place is a good idea. I think it's always good to get out, meet your audience, you know, come face-to-face with your people that's supporting you, and and build a network that way. So you have to take advantage of, like, both the old-school way of doing it as well as the new-school way with the Internet and such. Well, you know, I love New York and what it stands for. Mm -hmm. There's so many great Mm -hmm. artists. I mean, just, you know, a a world-class reputation for – you know, mm-hmm. music, culture, the arts, right. everything, and so many hopeful right. people go there wanting to that to rub mm-hmm. off on them. But, you know, it's kind of sad to see in the news now, and I don't know if this is overblown. Maybe you can tell me, but, you know, mm-hmm. that people are fleeing the city right now. Is that overblown? I mean, what what are you seeing happening in your neck of the woods? Well, from what I'm hearing, I do hear a lot that people are leaving. But the thing is, 
what I'm what I'm hearing in the news and what I see in my own personal life are two different things. I'm hearing in the news that people are leaving the city because of the way everything is right now with the economy being shut down, people can't afford, so on and so forth. So, you know, they've decided to go ahead and leave. I personally don't know anyone who has had to leave for that reason. The people that I know that have left New York City have gone to places like L.A. or Atlanta to further their careers. Um, so that's my personal experience in, in that regard. But I, I personally couldn't tell you, you know, the amount of people that are, you know, fleeing the city. And it's the way things are now, there's hardly any people walking the streets anyway. So it always looks desolate. It always looks like a ghost town now. So you, you really can't tell. So it's, it's really hard to say. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably too young to remember this, although you do remember the 80s rocks, so maybe you do. Mm-hmm. But in the 80s, mm-hmm. when they really started to clean up Times Square, and just mm-hmm. the whole city became a lot more squeaky clean. But the flip side to that was it just is increasingly more expensive to live in New York. Mm-hmm. And what was cool back in the day, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, is if you were an artist that went to New York, there were affordable places you could live in some of the, you know, fun, funky neighborhoods. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like those have really dried up that just people are priced out and there just isn't that. Mm-hmm. I, I think people look back romantically like at the early eighties and the downtown culture of New York that really mm-hmm. bred so many cool artists and influential musicians and, you know, uh, visual mm-hmm. artists is there any equivalent to that right now? Uh, not that I know of. As a matter of fact, I want I want to know if you can tell me where those places are that you just spoke of because I don't know. <laughs> I would love I would love to find a more affordable place to live because the, the way things are now, no sir. It's people here in New York City are paying two thousand and twenty five hundred dollars for like a shoebox apartment. Wow. So it's like. Yeah, it's real, I'm, I, and I mean like a studio apartment, like a room, two thousand and twenty five hundred dollars a month. Yeah, it's like that here. But I was telling someone earlier today. I, I honestly and truthfully feel like living here in New York City. It's almost like you're paying to say that you live in New York City. It's like New York City is a mm-hmm. brand name, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, oh, I live in New York City. Okay, you're, you're paying the price to live there too, huh? Because as soon as you say you live in somewhere like Virginia, substantially cheaper. Texas, substantially cheaper. But New York City, you already know there's a high price tag for that. Well, if you're doing a lot of your work digitally and can collaborate with mm-hmm. people you know, over the Internet, what do you need to be in New York for, like to be in person for, that you say couldn't do in um, right. Roanoke, Virginia? Right. Um, I mean, events. Um, you never know when, and like for me, someone who does voiceover acting and, and acting, period, you never know when an audition is going to pop up. And they, I've gotten several calls where they needed me to come to a set like right then. Or there may be a show that comes up for the next day. Somebody may cancel out of a show and they need another artist to perform immediately. And you may have to go that day or, you know, be available the next day, something like that. So it's always, for, again, for me personally, it's always good to be right there in the, in the thick of where everything is going on so that 
it it takes less stress off of having to, I guess, get ready or get to a place. You're already there. Um, but if it's somebody who is just doing music, then they can record at any studio, email the tracks to whatever engineer, you know, do it that way over the Internet. But um, if you're doing multi-things, then, yeah, you have to kind of be where the action is. Mm-hmm. And how about just for an audience in New York for what you do? I mean, with the uh, quarantines, a lot of clubs, you know, have been mm-hmm. just empty for months now. Do you see anything right. reopening or do you see in the immediate future any chances for you to perform live again? Absolutely. Um, well, restaurants and bars and things like that here are now starting to open with social distancing guidelines in place. Um, so, you know, and a lot of stuff is outside as well. So tables are, you know, far apart from each other, things of that nature. Granted, it's not um, able to hold as many people as before, but for the type of person that I am, an audience is an audience. I'm ready to perform for two, ten, or 10,000. So it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. to me. Um, but, yeah, I actually have a, a couple gigs coming up soon that I'm going to be performing with, um, along with a friend of mine, Ramon Jackson, um, this weekend, as a matter of fact. Um, it, it, it's, things are starting to lighten up now, so it's not that we are we're not stuck in that virtual world so much anymore, whereas when the pandemic first hit, everyone was doing the virtual shows and such. Um, that's still going on, but it's starting to lighten up a little bit to where we can actually perform for live audiences. Mm-hmm. Now, at some of the protests, have you seen much music integrated into those? Not as much as I would like to see. Um, you have songs that are already established, like um, Public Enemies Fight the Power. Um, they also just did another. I want I can't remember the name of the song. I almost want to say it's called Fight the Power as well, but like Fight the Power 2020 or something like that. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of strong hip-hop like that I've heard, you know, being played at rallies. I've heard, um, you know, people singing spirituals and such, um, things like that. Um, But that's about the gist of it. I haven't heard a lot of people, you know, playing hip-hop. Well, I would imagine... Right, right. I would imagine you being invited to perform Freedom Mm -hmm. at either a rally or a protest, something, because it's just so on the nose with what's going on. Right. I would love to do something like that. I would love to do something like that. I think the thing is the the timing of the release. At the time that I actually released Freedom, um, granted, there are still protests and such going on, but I released Freedom, I want to say, just after the height of all the heavy protesting that was going on. So while it's still going on, I kind of think it's died down some and we just missed the release. So, you know, it's, it's fine though. When whatever, whatever's out there for me to do, I'm here to do it when it comes along. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you do get a lot more attention, a lot more invitations coming up, especially after Thank the video you. comes out. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're not gonna, Thank you. Oh, you bet. Well, we're not going to wrap up quite yet. I've got a few more questions, okay. but uh, before we get into okay. those, I want to make doubly sure people know where to find your music and just to you know, learn more about you as an artist online. Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, as well as Instagram, and my handle is at part of Sadir, P-A-R-T, like part, you part your hair, of O F. 
Sidir, S-Y-D-I-R, at part of Sidir. Excellent. Yeah, I would suggest people go to each of those places, then they can learn a different facet of you. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the, Absolutely. The different. Well, that's it, the parts of Sidir. Right, part of Sidir. Can't give See? you all of me. I can give you part of me, not all of me. <laughs> you're, you're like a puzzle that you have to scour the internet to get all the pieces Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'd like to wrap up with kind of something you were saying earlier, you know, your early experiences mm-hmm. that fueled freedom and just how, you know, you said that you've had run-ins with the police and you've, mm-hmm. you know, have felt profiled mm-hmm. and things like that. And, just because there's mm-hmm. such a dialogue out there now about the Black Lives Matter movement, it's always nice right. to just hear something personal. You know, sometimes the movement right. seems impersonal because it's just a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people. But I think people appreciate hearing individual voices. And I think sometimes that right. hits home even more than a big crowd. So right. just to you, um, what does it mean to see so many people, you know, black, white, you know, across the spectrum, just embracing the Black Lives Matter movement. What does that mean to you? It means, and man, it means everything to me because it's letting me know when I look at these protests and stuff that are going on and I see all different backgrounds protesting together, it it, it just gives me such a sense of unity. It, 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 it reinforces that sense of hope that we talked about earlier because we're all tired. It, it lets me know that it's not just black people that are tired. Other ethnic backgrounds are tired of seeing us treated this way. They're tired of seeing us, you know, trampled under. And just to see everyone coming together for the common cause of, you know, equal rights for us or with us being treated equally and fairly, it's, I can't explain how good that feels because, again, it's not just, it's not just us that it's affecting. It seems to be affecting everyone, and everyone is coming together to um, to try to make it better or, you know, demand change. So, yeah, it, it means everything to me to see that. Mm-hmm. And we're in an election year, and there's just so much, um, you know, still so much division. And it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, unfairly the movement gets – um, you know, grouped in with, with you know, some of the um, splinter violence, you know, that seems mm-hmm. to happen after the protests. What would you say right. to people who are discounting the legitimate protests when the news likes to kind of inflame things and just show a lot of the violence? I think that people really have to be on the front lines and see what's going on. The media has a tendency to blow things out of proportion and make them what they're not. The media will show the media is very sensationalized. They they're there for ratings. So whatever news broadcast you're looking at, nine times out of ten, the clips that are edited together, editing is a monster. Editing can make an angel look like the devil. So you really have to be selective and careful with what you're watching and what you're taking in and do your own research. If you're not out there seeing it firsthand, then you really can't take what you're seeing at face value. It's just like me sitting here telling you my account of something. That's my account of what it is. I'm going to tell you what I want you to know. And it's the same thing from the media. They're going to show you what they want you to see. 
So it's, it's really on you as a person to do your own research, get out there and see what's really going on and not just believe what you see, on, see and hear on TV. Well, tell me your point of view of hip-hop's place in just being a voice for people for the past 40 years, uh, basically, rap and mm-hmm. hip-hop, for people who didn't get the voice in the media, for maybe just people who were invisible to a lot of the rest of America, maybe who weren't aware of what was going on in this country, just what is the historic importance of rap and hip hop and why is that, you know, probably, you know, even more important today? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important today because it's our voice. It's, it's, it's predominantly a voice of black people. We, we you know, it's, it's been our thing for the longest time. Um, I feel like it's a very dominant voice. It's not, Hip-hop isn't something that is just going to sit back and sugarcoat things. Um, Hip-hop is very in-your-face. It's very raw. It's very real. It's very forward. And I feel like those those are the kind of things that that are needed for now. We need those bold, in-your-face voices to get these messages out and say, hey, we're not going to take this anymore. This, we're not going to take this thing lying down. So you can't, you can't go about this thing meek and mild. You know, you have to you have to be very upfront and, and bold about it. And I just feel like that's something that hip hop re- represents as far as being a voice to what's going on now. Well, I want to give you the last word here, and mm-hmm. I'm going to prompt you with a word for your last word, but it's the title of your song, okay. Freedom. And I just want to know, mm-hmm. what does freedom mean to you in America in 2020? Hmm. Freedom means everything to me. The freedom to just, the freedom to just be, the freedom to be the person that I am, the freedom to walk down the street and feel as though I can, you know, say hi to this police officer or engage with this police officer without it turning into a confrontation. The freedom to feel as though these people who are in position to serve and protect are going to do just that and not have me face down on the concrete with a knee in the back of my neck. You know, the freedom to raise my son and not feel as though he's threatened when he goes out in public. It, I could go on and on and on with the freedoms. Um, it's, it's more than, um, you know, the, the freedom to vote and, and things like that that we have. But I just feel like there are other freedoms that we are being robbed of. And like I said in the song, we just, we just want our freedom. That's it, our freedom to just simply be to be treated equally as everyone else. That's it. Well, I hope that a lot of people hear your song. I hope a lot of people see your video when it comes out. And I just hope a lot of people take the time to really listen to the words of, of your song, Freedom. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, you take care. And um, who knows, maybe someday you can... um, Put Virginia on the musical map. How's that for a goal? I hope so. I hope so. I would love to join the Missy Elliott's and Thoreau's and Timberlands as as the greats out of Virginia. (laughs) 